Hey, 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 welcome to another Only Mr. God Knows, episode three, I think. Um, and today, I'm, I've, I have a very special guest, um, Elaine Scattermoon, Eurovision journalist, uh, uh, all-around chill person that I've had fun talking to in the DMs for a bit before <laughs> sitting her down for a recording. Um, yeah, hi, thank you for coming on. Hi, pleasure to be here. Excellent, yeah. Uh, um, peek behind the curtain, Alice from Trash Future recommended that I talk to you. And then it was literally five minutes later after talking to you, I was just like, yeah, Elaine rules. Thanks for the recommendation. I, just <laughs> I have been trying to get Alice into Eurovision. It's a long process. Yes. I'm, I, yeah. Um, I have my, I have my theories about like the, the different types of people who watch Eurovision. Um, and I don't know where Alice currently sits, but I do, I always do enjoy the person who like spends 364 days of the year talking about how it's like really corrupt and really cheesy and really stupid. And then on the night of the Eurovision final, they're like live tweeting it. Like most of the population of the UK. Yes. Yeah. We don't want to win. We don't want to win. Anyway, we're sending blue. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't think about it too much. Uh, yeah, because okay, so there's lots of things. I think one of the first things we started talking about when we we got chatting was uh, um, "Mama Tsche by Let Three. Oh, uh, Croatia! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm practicing my "shche" sound. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious, like. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about like you were you were pretty on pretty on one with them there. I'm I'm just wondering if uh, um, ha- has the obsession with them moved on? Are you still thinking about them? Do they still occupy the brain at the moment? Oh, they are still fantastic. They're going to make such an impact. Mm. I noticed that people have been overlooking them a little bit because oh, a lot of the like a lot of the Eurovision community don't really take particularly to fun songs in advance. And then they get really confused when the fun songs do well. A good example last year was Moldova with their, oh, like, sure. fancy, with their dance song about a train from Chisinau to Bucharest. Yeah, yeah. And people kept going, oh no, Moldova probably won't even qualify. And then it was like the biggest hoedown. Like yeah. everyone, everyone in the stadium in Turin was just out of their seats, like bopping side to side. Yeah, And I feel it's going to be somewhat similar with uh, Let 3 this year. Mm. It's an incredible band. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a band whose first single was released as a completely unplayable plastic disc. Oh, hell yeah. Like, just a disc of plastic, not a CD. Their second single was only released in one copy. Oh. And they held on to that copy. <laughs> Uh, okay, this yeah. is a band. This is a band who got charged with public nudity yeah. at one of their performances, and their uh, <laughs> their defense was that they weren't nude because each of them had a cork in their butthole. Mm, yes, absolutely, perfect. Uh, but they're big LGBT allies, and they've also done songs making fun of uh, Serbo, Croatian, Balkan machismo. Yes, yeah. Uh, I did notice that it's always, I'm always like, whenever I see a band like this, I'm always a little skeptical of like, okay, are they good or are they good for the really, really conservative country that they're in? 
Like, yeah. To be I, fair, a lot of people got quite confused when they first saw them because their stage outfits make them look a little bit like drag Hitler. Mm, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, God, I wish that we could do that. That would just really offend a lot of people. <laughs> really, like I. So one of the things I think about with this year's crop is uh, is Germany's entry. Uh, uh, Lord of the Lost. Yes, yes. Which, the only Eurovision act to have met King Charles. That is that is a that is a fun nugget you kept he in your a, back. He off. did a state visit to Germany um, yeah. like a month ago to Hamburg, and yeah. while in Hamburg, he he met Lord of the Lost. There's videos of him shaking hands with the band. What? Okay, so I knew about the state visit, but the photos we got from like the 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 offices the office of the president of the Bundesrepublik Deutschland, which is. Um, first of all, I should say, um, not really a powerful figure in Germany. For anyone who doesn't know, it's 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 a ceremonial role. And second, um, the only person that we legally cannot insult. So keep that in your mind. Um, we love him, um, but yeah, the photos we got for him was just like, here's Charles and me looking at some potatoes. Uh, we went to a cheese factory. All very uh, normal Germ- North German things. Yeah, we yeah. planted a tree. Yeah, absolutely. And I did not know he met with Lord of the Lost. My God. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an unusual like strategy to promote your country's Eurovision entry, but maybe you will. <laughs> yeah, the, maybe we'll see that in future. New voting rule this year. Actually, if you're the the head of state, you actually get like more points. Your public vote counts more. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Camilla is being sent to open Eurovision in Liverpool. Wait, hang on, really? I think I did read that somewhere. Like they're not they're not the Royals aren't going to be attending, but Camilla is going to be going up there. I feel like the Royals should have to attend. Force to, yeah. yeah one of them. Live camera on them at all times. See see what King Charles response to let three is. Yeah, yeah. Like no, I, I think we no, I think they we should have like a rule that a royal has to attend, but then we get like one of the dud ones like Princess Michael of Kent and she has like a a, a really offensive brooch for every entry. <laughs> <laughs> Princess uh, Beatrice. Yes. Um the 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 sorry, but the thing I was thinking about though was um I think German like my first reaction to Lord of the Lost was a little bit like uh, uh, um, kind of like a diet Ramstein, Ramstein by committee kind of thing. Which yeah, they've been kicking I, around for a while. Like, they have. I was yeah. in the German goth scene when I lived there. Oh nice. And I knew of Lord of the Lost. Oh um, okay. Mostly their songs are a lot harder than the one they've entered Eurovision with. Although that's not uncommon. They've totally see it down this a for... lot. Like yeah, like Keep of Kalesin, Norwegian death metal band, tried entering their Eurovision selection a couple of years back, and okay. their their entry again was very light and soft compared to their usual songs about death and massacres right yeah. but uh i don't know it's the, the german entry is a bit it's very much by numbers i do like the standard kind of german goth sort like voice that yes. they've got going on there your blood and glitter yes absolutely perfect that was that was really good <laughs> but, i live here and i can't even do that voice <laughs> um yeah but like the 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 I think it will do reasonably well because I think it's the um I think it appeals to the stereotype everyone has of German music or German modern music. It's um, the first thing Germany have sent in 
something like 15 years that sounds at all German because yes. I've spoken about this before to people, but Germany has a bit of a crisis of confidence when it comes to Eurovision in that they really hate sending anything that sounds representative of their own music scene. Mm. Germany seems to feel incredibly embarrassed about its own music and will always try sending something that sounds as inoffensive, as bland, as mid-Atlantic as possible, which is how you get all of like Germany's recent entries, like Malik Harris, who's lovely, but his song was like nothingness. Was that last year? That was yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the the one that has like lodged itself in his brain was the year before of like I don't feel hate. Oh, uh, Yendrik, yes. yes. Like Yendrik. Germany Germany going, hey, you know what's cool? TikTok. Let's try getting like a TikTok star. We got the TikTok. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're doing that now. That's where the UK guy came from last year. That's where... The, yeah, but we picked a singer, not just like a random... Yes, yeah. We just we didn't pick the vibe of TikTok. <laughs> it's like it's like sending... like I don't know if you're old enough to remember the YouTube star, star in inverted commas, um, Fred... But it's a oh, bit like sending oh. it's a bit like sending Fred to Eurovision. Absolutely, it's like sending Fred to Eurovision. Are you kidding? I've watched every episode of the Nickelodeon TV series <laughs> Fred, where they try to like where Nickelodeon were like, I guess people like this YouTube stuff. Let's see if we can let's let's, let's put it on TV. What's the yeah. worst that can happen? Uh, it wasn't good. Um, is what happened. Um, oh my Fred God. has been involved in an unguarded gamer moment. Mm, has he actually? I find that very believable. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, the thing that I, I I trying to link back this wonderful conversation to what I was <laughs> saying was like, <laughs> if we if we want drag Hitler, we need to send Ramstein. That is actually who would do drag Hitler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or, or send a band who aren't just uh, making themselves light and pretty for Eurovision. Mm, yes. But yeah, it's interesting you say that it's a, a crisis of confidence for Germany because I always read it as Germany attempting to do what Sweden does, which is Sweden has always been, or not always, but very recently been one for sending something that isn't like, this isn't what you think of as Swedish. You just think of this as pop music. This is like international it's, top. It's 40. because so much of this pop music is Swedish. Like yeah. Swedish songs have a very distinctive sound. For a long time, uh, Azerbaijan, mm. in particular, would always just buy Swedish songs, like the ones that didn't get into the big Swedish song competition, Melody right. Festivalen. Yeah, yeah, and it was always so obvious because they've all got the same kind of sound. It's kind of like an evolution of Schlager, um, which is weird that Germany then doesn't do the same thing because obviously Germany is 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 the home of Schlager. Zero, like yeah. just send Helena Fischer to Eurovision and you're sorted. Mm, excellent. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. You have to strike the balance of like, okay, but who's actually willing to do it? Can we get Helena Fischer or do we have to get like Felina Hischer or whatever. There have been some big names willing to represent Germany before. I mean, maybe not in like, maybe not like pop stars, but mm. Last uh, was like Anna? in Extremo tried in 2014. Oh, really? Um, not in Extremo, sorry, in Heilig. In Heilig. Okay, okay. But again, another really big, like yeah, really yeah, yeah. big, like rock goth band. And they came second to a completely unknown cabaret performer who was selected because she was the wild card for the final and everyone felt sorry for her <laughs> absolutely um and yeah like you say this now and i'm reminded of the fact that like what are now called electric cowboy 
were in the running. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, well, they weren't. They were supposedly, and then they weren't announced, and then they tried a campaign to get them in, and Germany, like, Germany just said, NDR just said, no, no. Mm-hmm. We have we have our artists who are completely all unknowns and yeah. with lukewarm songs. Right. Uh, um, with that, yeah. Uh, my, my, my final kind of take on Germany this year, though, is that it's, like, definitely the best thing they've sent in years but unfortunately it's just a very strong year um i don't know yeah i mean it's 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 a fun it's a fun entry in what it does and it's going to appeal to certain people like um the goth in the audience might just want to vote for that yeah so it i I can't see it necessarily coming last interesting uh um i saw a, a spanish data science company did their like predictive model for this year's results and they they have um germany as possibly becoming last or second last in the final i can Uh, see it coming third last or second last sure okay it's just it's not it's not quite bland enough to be to be ironed on for the last place yeah if you think of 2015 for example um the uk sent electro velvet absolutely terrible terrible attempt at electro swing yes. by people who didn't know what electro swing, electro swing was, was. Yes. made up of a uh, made up of a rolling stones tribute act and someone who uh, was voted out of x factor on the first night and they were awful but because yeah. they had such a quirky entry they didn't come last instead germany came last with anne sophie trying uh, a, a cabaret song yeah but uh, we're looking at the the first year in a while where actually one of the big five don't come last yeah potentially potentially it can uh i'm not sure who it would be like maybe if someone like cyprus comes up from the final because i no matter how many times i listen to cyprus's song this year i just can't remember it it's incredibly bland he's very pretty that's true i think that's what they're hoping for i think they're hoping you just won't pay attention to the It's yeah. worked before, to be fair. Okay, so I talk about this all the time, and I do not remember the year, the act, uh, um, or the name of the song. But I do remember it was Cyprus, where one year they had a very attractive lady, which is, okay, not narrowing it down. They usually send a very attractive <laughs> lady. Um, but she was wearing a, a, a white flowy dress. Uh, I, I want to say, like, uh, knee-high. And for the breakdown of the song she's dancing but they lit her from behind so that she just looks naked um that left an impression on me when i was i'm assuming a teenager (laughs) (laughs) but it's a uh, yeah it's it's been a strategy for cyprus for a while to send the beautiful people Um, yeah and it works it works i mean let three are probably going to uh, attempt to look naked or as naked as they can get away with yeah um there's I, I don't know. I, the rumors that I've been hearing is that they're they're planning. They've successfully secured a tractor for their stage show. Of and course, the rocket. yeah, yeah. So that will be fun. Do you know why they have the tractor? Okay, so I know the story myself, but I don't think I've said it on the podcast. I'm gonna. I'm gonna so I don't know. <laughs> so as often as is surprisingly often the case, the absolutely ludicrous joke song at Eurovision is actually political. Oh, yeah. And the reference to the reference to the tractor is a reference to how um, everyone's favorite Belarusian Lukashenko bought mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin a tractor for his birthday. Ah, excellent! And it's indirectly a song about Putin's invasion of Ukraine. 
Yeah. I um so I knew that one of the other things that I had heard from speaking to uh, um people from uh like Croatia and Serbia and stuff is that the SHCH shicha sound is like a sound they associate with the Russian language. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um so that's kind of like a bit of a nod and a wink again. Um yeah, which okay, that gets us into this is one of the things we talked about in the DMs I'm interested to pick your brain on. Um, <laughs> the political rule. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the political rule. There's, yeah. there's, I can't think of a rule that's quite as flexible. Mm. No, yeah, you definitely can't have more than six people on stage. Your song has to be X amount of time long. But yeah, you can play it fast and lose the politics. It's grand. <laughs> yeah, like... We've got examples of that coming up every year. Mm. And it's very rare that a song ever gets excluded. There were some people wondering if Croatia might get excluded this year, but the EBU just waved it through without any investigation whatsoever. I think the last one to be excluded for political purposes, not counting when Belarus sent a song that was literally just government propaganda two years ago before they were kicked out the EBU. Oh, The last... The last genuine entry that was suspended for being political was when Georgia tried entering a song in 2009 oh, I know the after point. the Russian invasion yeah. called We Don't Wanna Put In. Yep. And the chorus went, we don't want to put in yep. the negative mood. It's killing the groove. Yeah. It is time to stop the shooting. <laughs> The dance moves tonight. I'm feeling all right. Total normal English phrase we don't want to put in. <laughs> Everyone says that. We, yeah, but you say that like that's obvious. But then you have like 2015 Armenia sent a song that was straight up about the Armenian genocide. Yes. A band called Genealogy yeah. made up of the Armenian diaspora throughout the world. Mm. Who even like the staging had them had fit pictured an apricot tree the symbol of armenia like withering withering in a storm and then regrowing as the various artists moved to stand on various parts of a world map to show and the chorus went don't deny don't deny don't deny, yeah. don't deny you and i <laughs> and armenia claimed it was a love song that's great <laughs> <laughs> um the oh my god the so I'm often like, the thing I think about, specifically with the Armenia song and then Jamala a couple of years later with 1944, I believe is what that song was called. Yeah, 1944. Yeah, which is a winning song. Um, one of the things that I often think about is the rule seemed to be kind of like current capital P politics, TM, 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 like... The way that uh, um, you're kind of like always votes Democrat, liberal wine mom in Washington conceives of politics, which is just like parties kind of thing. Like you can't really name named figures because it kind of seemed like 1944 and uh, uh, um, the Don't Deny song, which I forgot the name of. Um, Face the Shadow. Face the Shadow. That's right. No <laughs> metal. <laughs> Uh, I remember that. I just I, as soon as I heard "Face the Shadow," I was like, "Yu-Gi-Oh!" Uh, was the first thing that came into my mind. You send Azerbaijan to the shadow realm. <laughs> um, 
I think I always got the impression they got away with it because that could just be viewed as historical. Um, Somewhat, yeah. yeah. Where, I mean, like, the very next year, the very next year, the Armenian representative got actually fined for waving the flag of Artsakh or mm-hmm. Nagorno-Karabakh on stage yeah. after she was after she made it through to the final. Yeah. So <sighs> it's very, other. it's very. It's very sort of wavy what counts and what doesn't. Obviously, you've got Hattery getting a fine for the Icelandic broadcaster IUV after they waved Palestinian flags. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's one that's kind of yeah. the 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 list of flags that are banned are super interesting. Um, then the one that I'm thinking about this year, which is not getting nearly in like again the the whole like. Is it surface level politics or like what is political is kind of the question that comes into be- because like obviously everyone's paying attention to let three, which is a bit on the nose and very current. But then like Switzerland's entry this year is somewhat political. It's like an anti-war song. Uh, it just is vague enough that. Yeah, like, I mean, political. anti-war songs have a long history at Eurovision, yeah. particularly the kind of vague ones that make out that people just do war for fun. <laughs> and it's kind of like, hey, let's not do war. Yeah. Let's do peace. Let's love each other. Yeah. Instead of shooting me, why don't you be my brother? It's that kind of, it's that kind of vibe. Yeah, we'll forgive you for accidentally pressing the war button when I know you meant to press the peace button inside the office. And sometimes it's incredibly on the nose as well. Like going back to 2015, you have yeah. Polina Gagar- uh, you have um, Polina Gagarina of Russia mm. um, singing a song called A Million Voices about us all coming together mm, and, yeah. and coming together as one and no more fighting and... Yes. Um, it was quite accurately described at, at the time as what Nazi Germany would have sent to Eurovision in 1941. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of I kind of lumped that into the the general category of uh, Eurovision songs that I call the uh, give a world a coke song. Yeah. Um, yeah, where it's it's very much about peace but no one's at fault and we're all kind of trying our best. Everyone just chill maybe, have a coke. And it will be fine. Um, not that there's like conflicting interests or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very, very. So the Swiss song is like the Croatian song is more of an anti-war song than the Swiss one, even though the Swiss one is very uh, on the nose about it. Just because the Swiss one, the Swiss one is, hey, did you know war is bad? <laughs> hey it's neutral country switzerland telling you uh yeah 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 the um god there was there was something else yeah there's just there's there's a handful of songs like that but the um i'm trying to remember was it la- no well, couldn't have been last year because they were bound but it was the year before i think yeah you were talking about the like political or like the propaganda belarusian song yeah um my favorite story about that, though, is I understand as I understand it was that was their second attempt at sending a song because the first song was even more egregiously just like, oh yeah, they did it twice. Yeah, yeah. Belarus. Like the EBU, great, the EBU said, the EBU said, you know, well, you, we're incredibly forgiving. We really want you here. Could you just try again? Like maybe make it a little less blatant. Yeah, just, you know. But, so- uh, 
But so, Belarus, honestly, Belarus were chasing. Uh, uh, <laughs> were chasing being disqualified so they could talk about how the West hates hates Russians. I'm I'm very surprised. Maybe you've heard some murmurings, but I'm very surprised that we haven't gotten our uh, um, you know internal Russian Eurovision alternative yet. That we haven't got like Russia's answer to Turk vision since being kicked out. <laughs> I'm not so surprised because yeah. Russia feel that they're skeptical of Eurovision as a whole because Eurovision is by its nature very international and will always show off different cultures. Right. Um, alongside being so associated with, you know, the dreaded LGBT, mm. rightly or wrongly. And yeah. the internationalism of Eurovision is um, a good deal of why really autocratic regimes like in Hungary and Turkey um, tend to withdraw from Eurovision uh, top down. Like a lot of Turkish people have been wanting Turkey to re-enter Eurovision for the past decade. Yeah. And it's all about confirm that Erdogan himself is like blocking it. Interesting. And a lot of this is because is because like this big international song festival where for one night borders don't matter and everyone comes together and parties mm. um, tends to work in the face of nationalism, which is strange when you consider like it's it's a sea of flags. Yes. But usually at Eurovision, people aren't waving the flags of their own country. They're waving the flags of the countries that they want to support. Yeah. I always found that very, I always found that very alien uh, uh, growing up as being like someone who watched Eurovision quite a lot. Um, my experience was it was like always the first sunny day in Ireland and like there would be like a barbecue outside in someone's garden. Then you could come in inside and watch as much of the contest as you wanted. But like my experience of it was always like, this was definitely firmly into the realm of Ireland being shit. Um, after we oh, yeah. a lot. Um, so for me, it was always about, finding the song i liked the most out of what's been presented to me and rooting for that i i i always found it very alien whenever i heard someone being like oh ireland's entry is shit this year so i won't watch or like we're not going to make it into the finals like yeah yeah that's that always struck me as very alien uh, uh, uh way of watching it but i guess it's the way some people do well part of the great appeal to eurovision to me has mm. always been it's a window into other cultures other music other kinds of song. Mm -hmm. One good example of this is Moldova. Oh, yeah. Um I've written about this before in great depth but Moldova always tend to send something that's eye catching and true to their own national culture. Mm. Essentially because it's the only chance Moldova get as Europe's poorest country to actually make any impact whatsoever on the international stage because for the rest of the year people might not even realize that moldova is a thing oh yeah <laughs> whereas eurovision they can get like the eyes of the world on them mm. so they'll go out of their way to put together something that's typically moldovan and therefore you get a lot of like the music that people tend to associate with eastern european weddings lots of brass lots of dancing yeah, like, yeah quite yeah. upbeat quite folksy and you don't you're not going like especially like in the uk you're just not going to hear that music anywhere and you've right. got like you've got like incredibly french pop uh like spanish salsa you've got like balkan turbo folk right and and then you sometimes get like even stranger things like latvian doom metal yes yeah 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 
or you, you know you get like um check afrobeat we had a couple of years back unfortunately that was the cancelled contest oh yeah that was one of the yeah benny cristo yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we uh we did a we did a live stream of all the songs and held our own eurovision when the one got cancelled um we did were, iceland we... win no <laughs> no we um we opposed iceland on moral grounds <laughs> Um, no, who did uh, we were? I think in our group, we were big, uh, uh, um, little big fans that year. Ah, uh, yes, little to be fair to little big, they uh, they were asked to like represent Russia again the next year, and like given they'd been effectively blackmailed into doing it the first time, they got the notification from like the Russian Ministry of Culture that yes, you are representing Russia at Eurovision, mm. of course, you're going to say yes, or yeah. And the second year, they were just no, and they've since like left Russia. They've denounced the regime. They 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 fucked off to LA as, as far as I understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fair, absolutely. <laughs> if you can get out, get out. Well, it's just as well, really, because could you imagine how awkward it would have been if Little Big had represented Russia and won? That would have then... been. A, yeah, that would have been a strange year. I mean. And, my prediction before the show got cancelled was that they would be like a televote favorite, but probably the jury would stop them from winning. Yeah, I, I thought the same. I thought they were going to smash the televote. Mm. Um, and for a long time, they were by a long shot the most watched Eurovision video on the Eurovision channel. That's starting to go down, but... Yes, yeah. Um, I love, oh yeah, I love doing that kind of like trying to do those predictions based on like all the kind of like <laughs> OSINT stuff we have now from Spotify and, uh, and my... Oh, like, you get so much of it. You get so, like, there's a huge Eurovision betting industry. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if you're aware. But, oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, and honestly, I can see why. It's mm. as long as like you you keep in contact with the contest and, and check the how the rehearsals are going and things, you can usually have a pretty good idea of who's going to do well, like at least as good, if not better than the bookmakers. Yeah. It's just the people who tend to do this tend to be the most dry, unpleasant people you could possibly imagine. <laughs> like the head of the head of the largest Eurovision betting site was like a massive UKIP supporter and considered that the Tories were too far left. Sure. And uh, he, he didn't tend to make many friends at, uh, at parties and in the press center. <laughs> no especially when that's something you can very easily learn about him i guess like that that's that to me signals the kind of guy who tells you these things very unprompted oh um, very much so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah the, the betting industry stuff is always super interesting the i pay attention to the odds as best i can but i also know that until like the monday before the the contest when like rehearsals start happening on the actual stage it's like basically meaningless because it usually changes pretty radically at that point. oh yeah you've always got the entries that are that sound really good recorded and then when they're performed live they're a complete mess and yes. vice versa um mm. you have eleni ferreira from cyprus in 2018 whose song fuego was basically ignored right up until the contest and then she arrived in lisbon yeah. looking like looking like beyonce just strutting around the stage, performing so strongly that we all thought that she was actually going to win. Unfortunately, she didn't, yeah. but came close. She did. Uh, uh, um, this is, okay, so this is something that 
I, I, I put out there that usually, I feel like usually gets a bit ignored. Um, and then I feel like is the driving factor a lot behind a lot of surprises is um, the horniness factor. Uh, yeah. Because the last year in particular, um, the I did a live show again and the room was very kind of like team horny, namely because last year, surprisingly, Albania and was it Latvia or Lithuania who did the instead of meat, I eat veggies and pussy. Latvia, yes. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I hung out with that band. They're surprisingly <laughs> they're surprisingly lovely people. Excellent. <laughs> um the those two songs not making it through to the final, I think it created an atmosphere in the room of people wanting the the uh, um horny vengeance of like where where are our horny songs? Because the Albania, yeah. the Albania song was particularly horny, but the staging, my God. Um, so then with the, like the largest cheers in the room were for any time Spain got points uh, with slow-mo. <laughs> with channel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm often like, I'm often a big believer that like horniness like can just go very far. And this is separate from like, we've sent the beautiful people but we've sent the beautiful people and also they're going to like start doing some splits and stuff, whatever people like, I'm not entirely sure, but particularly if you're on further in the evening when people have had a couple of wines, beers, (laughs) vodkas, whatever. Exactly. Um, Which is okay. leads me to, I think my most controversial take of this year's Eurovision, which is if the staging is anything like the, the music video, I actually think Poland's entry will go quite far. Because I, I hate to agree with you, but <laughs> I mean, Blanca is, the song is nonsense. The song is okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like it's made up as it goes along. And the music video looks like it's made up as she goes along. She's just like posing on walls and, and, and smiling at trees and things. Yeah. But she can't perform it live. But no, that doesn't matter too much because they usually drown her out with backing singers. Mm. And Poles, Pol- the Polish diaspora is big and the Polish diaspora are very patriotic. Yes. And this year we have got rid of the juries for the semifinals. So that means that the diasporas have all the power again. And mm. yeah, I can see, I can see, unfortunately, Blanca making it through over some entries that deserve it a bit more just because, you know... Yes, Polska, Polska. <laughs> and also, and also, you know, just the horniness factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's mostly because going back to like the criticism of Germany this year, the, 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 the metal strategy, I think, works when you're the only remotely metalish song that year. But Germany has to compete with like finland and um oh there's one other i guess the like slovenia entry is doing some like rock kind of stuff that's actually quite put together it's rock yeah the band uh joker out a very very there's like their original like music video didn't make big waves but then they released their original concert video mm. and it's a bunch of like mid-20s very attractive guys who somehow managed to perform the entire song while maintaining eye contact with yes. a spinning camera oh absolutely they are they, they okay so yeah, the horny factor is definitely going to work for Slovenia. Mm, because okay, so uh, I've I've managed to not mention it up to this point, but I think people who listen to me talk about this stuff know that my theory of understanding the Eurovision audience is 
purely with the phrase fuckable grandson. Um, (laughs) 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 I'm so glad you're laughing at this and not just like horrified. Because I, I need to, I need to, I need to strongly apply. It's not my grandson. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, because there's often a contradiction, I think, with the audience, and I think this will go to discussions of like how how much this contest is viewed by some people as being very LGBT, uh, um, and then maybe there's like contradictions there because while there is a half of the audience that I would call the fuckable audience, the people who like make plans to actually watch this contest. Like the plan for tonight is to watch the contest. They want spectacle. They want the beautiful people. They want the dancing. Uh, And then you have like the grandson audience who are like, I'd say primarily older people in rural parts of Europe who didn't have plans tonight. And if plans suddenly appear, they won't watch the Eurovision. Um, And I often kind of think like to win, you have to appeal to both of these people. And I think Savinia is very, is a whole band chock full of fuckable grandsons. They're very attractive, but they also look like they'd be good boys. And they would like, they would write, you know, they would call. (laughs) So this tangentially touches on one of my own theories, which Mm. is that people don't vote for their favorite song. People vote, people have an idea of what a winning song is. Mm. And there's probably a song that they enjoy more than that. But they feel that they they feel an almost moral duty as the audience that they should vote for the winner. And they will wait for something that says, I am the winner. Which right. means like in 2016, for example, I very much doubt that people were like switching off Eurovision and going to immediately download Jamala's single and, and dancing around to dancing yeah. around to her wailing about the genocide of the Crimean Tartars. Yeah, instead, it's not, it's not a, instead they would they instead um the songs they were listening to were Russia's Sergei Lazarev and Bulgaria's uh um Polyganova. Mm. And they enjoyed those songs the most, but when Ukraine started singing about like war and rotating on stage and they had the huge graphic of the tree blossoming behind, yeah. people went, That's impressive, that's meaningful, that's powerful. I'm going to vote for this. Mm. When people saw Conchita and they had all of the all of like the 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 build up, the anticipation about, you know, this bearded drag queen could win Eurovision, people are like, that's a good story. I'm being mm. part of this story. I'm voting for her. Yeah. And so many years you have this um 20, 27, uh, 2017, yeah, Salvador Sobral for Portugal this beautiful, like this incredibly ill man singing this song that sounded like it was from a Disney cartoon from the 1930s. Mm, yeah, yeah, Just yeah, this beautiful, absolutely. timeless piece of Portuguese jazz. And yeah. people are like, oh, this is, this is like nothing else I'm seeing tonight. I'm voting for this. In none of these cases, this is people's favorite song. But mm. people will vote for a song that says, you know, I am the winning song. And a lot of the time, they will be happily told what is the winning song. They'll wait for the commentator to say, this is the favorite, or they'll listen to who gets the yeah. real hubbub beforehand. It's very rare you get a shock winner out of nowhere for this reason, because people by and large want to operate within that framework. Mm. Even it's, if, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll vote for, uh, I don't know, they'll, 
they'll decide to vote for Sweden this year because it's uh, Lorraine won in 2012 with Euphoria and she's back again this year. So clearly, you know, it would make Sweden match Ireland's record. That's a good story. I'm voting for Sweden. <laughs> then they'll switch off Eurovision and they'll yeah. go and download the Austrian or Finnish song and bounce yeah. around their room going cha-cha-cha. So, yeah, that's, that is super interesting because... Uh, um... I definitely remember with the Portuguese uh, entry, the the year they won. I definitely remember a lot of like the the commentators and people online constantly talking about like, oh, Portugal is the only Western European country that hasn't won yet, uh, or like they're the the old like longest in the competition that hasn't won yet, or something like that. They held yeah. some sort of like title, yeah, absolutely, there. yeah. And there was a bit of like, oh, now it's their turn, uh, uh, almost. The and it is super interesting. That is a. Uh, um, my kind of understanding of that, and I like a hundred percent agree, but my kind of understanding of that is that Eurovision for, I think most people who don't pay attention to it, you know, in 26th of April, <laughs> like they're probably, they're like getting ambushed with 40, probably 26 songs. Cause they're only watching the final. Yeah. And, usually. Yeah. And maybe something that you kind of like on the night, you actually find out doesn't have the same staying power. Um, or you come to that realization later. Like one of the songs that I think is going to be um, kind like have that kind of story this year is Belgium's entry this year. Um, there's a chance <laughs> that they won't make it through to the final, but like I can totally imagine that in like next year or two years time at various like pre Eurovision pre parties, that's going to be like an absolute club, like a, a dance floor filler kind of yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. Gustav and his incredibly, incredibly wide hat that just seems to grow every time I see it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's one that people it's one that people dismissed early on, and then it just gets stuck in your head, and then you yeah. realize you're dancing to it, and you really don't mind. Yeah, actually, turns out I like fun. Shit, <laughs> and like it's often like so often the song that ends up doing best from a Eurovision is not the song that wins. Last yeah. year, for example, um, to everyone's great surprise, one song has done far far better than all the others. Outsold them massively. Outsold Ukraine. Outsold oh. Sam Ryder, outsold Chanel, really? and it's Rosalyn of Armenia with her song Snap that went massive, massive on TikTok. She performed all across what? the US and the- is by a long shot the best performing song. Oh, no. I, that's- but I, in the contest itself, she finished, I think, 20th. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I remember, uh, um, I remember this. So I, I'm very much... It's inter- okay, this is an interesting insight because I'm very much, you know, uh, uh, May 14th, I shut off. I don't want to hear, I'm just, I'm gearing up for next year. I don't want to hear anything else. Um, but like, I really dismissed that song as like, oh, this is some Mumford and Sons shit. This is some uh, uh, stap, stap, uh, Stomp Clamp Hay stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not in the mood for that. But uh, um, fair enough. Fair, fair deuce to her. <laughs> she's very Americana. Yeah, she's built up like a big career now, which is good because she's one of the people I interviewed last year oh, hell yeah. before the contest. And yeah. she was talking about wanting to like be a bridge between Armenian music and American music. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Good for her. Um, I just, I thought just like It made it big on TikTok, I think it does speak to something that's happening in the wider music industry and something that's definitely going to affect Eurovision is just TikTok is an important platform for musicians now. Oh yeah. Like that's where we found Sam Ryder. Yes. And also it's a, a where De- a Denmark century has uh, um, come. Oh from. yeah. He's got a huge following in South Korea, apparently. Oh, okay. No, actually based on his visual aesthetic, that does not surprise me at yeah, all. Yeah. 
Um, he's even. I think he's even got Hangul on his clothes during his music video. Mm-hmm. Everyone I've interviewed so far who's like more of a, <laughs> a arrives at this fresh faced. The first question I always ask them is like, "What age do you think he is?" <laughs> and they're like, thirteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like he's way older than he's making himself out to be. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's working because my initial gut reaction to him was like, go on, my beautiful Faroese son. I am, I like, I, I immediately was like, yes, I'm your dad. Go, <laughs> go, son, go. And he looks like he's about six months into, into HRT, honestly. <laughs> I keep expecting like, there'll be like an announcement after the contest or something. Yes. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> that would be brilliant, actually. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I think this uh, uh, um, we've we've talked a lot, and I could probably talk for hours about this. Um, but I'm very interested in uh, um, your predictions and uh, um, your personal uh, top favorites of this year, if you have them, um, because yeah, I'd I'd love to 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 know. My. So my my dreaded conclusion that I keep trying to find reasons why it won't happen is that the rain's going to win again, because Tattoo's got a big big stage show. I'm not yeah. sure if they're able to take like what's been referred to as the Lorene Panini Press <laughs> yeah. to uh, to Liverpool. Concrete sandwich, yeah, absolutely. But it's very much it's something that Sweden did in 2015 as well. It's kind of like a blast of fast food. It's like a big, it's like a Big Mac of a Eurovision entry in the sense of there's not much substance to it, but it's so, it's so sweet and salty and rich when the first time you see it, you get overwhelmed. And there is the narrative about Lorraine, like ridiculously successful Eurovision contestant, Euphoria, like constantly topping polls of people's favorite Eurovision song coming back to Eurovision. And I don't want it to win because I don't think it's the best song. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Euphoria. And honestly, I'm a bit tired of going to Sweden for Eurovisions, <laughs> much as they do a good job. Yeah. But I, I struggle to see. I'm really hoping that Finland managed to do it. I can see Finland possibly doing it. Mm. It's just that Carrier might confuse people a little bit at first. He is, he's a bit like the spirit of Tumblr come to life. He sort, of, he sort of looks like he can't decide whether to mug you or fuck you. And yeah, the, the, the Baltic Sea makes a type of guy uh, is my is my attitude. To- it's such a type of guy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he remind it's- he does remind me a little bit of like someone who would be in a little big music video or someone who would collab with Tommy Cash. And he's exactly like that off camera as well. Like I've been watching some of the pre-party performances and yeah. a lot of the other artists, they get on stage like breathe a bit then get into character whereas carrier is basically like crab walking onto stage to begin with (laughs) so i would i would love it to be finland um i could also see spain surprising people because blanca paloma has nailed it every single performance she's done Mm. and there's like a hypnotic quality to it certainly i can see a lot of the juries going for spain because her vocal performance is incredible and it's unlike anything else and under the right circumstances i could see that doing surprisingly well yeah. Plus, there is an ongoing narrative that Spain should have won last year, and they were cheated out of it. And oh, right. Okay, sure. Um, that's that's super interesting because so to, to add to all of this, I know I mentioned that I'm not like a huge fan of kind of taking your kind of like your petty nationalism to Eurovision. However, as an Irish person, 
I need Sweden not to win. <laughs> us, yeah. having, us having the record for most wins is the only thing I can hold on to. And like, I know the momentum is with them. They're going to win next before we win, but just, just not now. Yeah. Today. <laughs> and I want Ireland to do well. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Irish song. It's very much Eurovision paint by numbers this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the band discovered that their manager had been tweeting transphobia yeah. and fired the manager. And they're currently getting oh. a massive Twitter storm from the absolute worst of UK transphobes, all piling onto the band and like completely yeah. drowning the band's mentions and their record label. And that, that, the band that. is just sticking to their guns and honestly fair play to them. So cool. I do, I do wish them well. The, the, unfortunately that kind of uh, wild youth, wild youth. Yes. The, unfortunately that kind of um, what's usually memed as the turf Island politics is definitely spreading to Ireland. I'm seeing more of that kind of, uh, uh, like confronting, uh, what is it like, drag queen story hour stuff happening, and it's getting very disgusting. I keep thinking how differently Conchita Verse would play out these days, let alone Donna International. You say that, and like Conchita Verse was not that long ago, but it feels like a completely different world. It really does, yeah. Uh, yeah. So and, uh, yeah, yeah, I can understand, but also like Sweden winning would be boring. Like, give me a complete surprise win. Like, have Austria win. Yeah, uh, having a song that's been, like, the the favorite, uh, the bookie favorite since, like, what, March or February, even just, like, winning yeah. is kind of a bit... Uh, it's a bit of a letdown, all right. Um, yeah, then... I actually do want to ask you, because you're, you're probably paying attention to this, because I have family in Spain. Uh, one of my co-hosts is from uh, uh, Spain, as much as she... Uh, she's from Catalonia. She doesn't really want to admit yeah. she's from Spain. But, <laughs> um, ooh, ooh. Which I understand completely. Um, but she... I want to ask you about Belladrome, actually, because it's been only two years of this national selection process, right? Yeah, okay. So, like, Benidorm Fest is incredibly successful i'm i'm so shocked it's it seems to be that spain decided to basically do to take italy's san remo Mm. contest which is like so long-standing it's the contest eurovision is based on yeah and like melody festival and is a much bigger deal in its home country than eurovision itself and kind of adapt that to be a lot shorter so it only takes place over three nights Okay. Still late into the night because it's Spain and they don't believe in bedtime. Yes, absolutely. But well, bedtime, have, no, bedtime is two p.m. <laughs> they have like a, they have like a good a good range of like stars going to it. Like not maybe not their biggest biggest names, but big names in Spain, like yeah. bands that sell and a wide variety. And they put a lot of effort into the staging. Mm. Um, like the band Magara with their song Arcadia this mm. year was just incredible. It had like robot girls bouncing around the stage and like <laughs> the dance break was a full DDR performance. That's Dance Dance Revolution, not no. Deutsche Demokratie. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I want to see Hernika at Eurovision. Mm. But it was very, it was, it's just, they're trying so hard. I think that's what makes it really come across that Spain are now actually trying hard. They flipped and the switch of we care now. Kind like of. The UK are trying hard as well. I don't think it's going to pay off this year anywhere near the dividends it did last year, unfortunately, because we're trying to make Mae Muller dance as she sings and she can only do one or the other. Oh, interesting. But, okay, I didn't know that. But the UK is actually trying and Spain are actually trying. And it's mm. really good to see, like particularly with France, again, doing their best. Yeah. 
Um, and really, it's just it's uh, of the big five. It's just Germany. They're the weak link of the big five this year, for sure. Um, the thing I always think about with Italy, though, because um, Melodifest uh, in, 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 in Sweden. Yeah, Melodifest. Melfest, yeah. Melfest, thank you, is huge. And like people really care about it. But people also seem to care about the Eurovision. Whereas we've had now a couple of years in a row where the, the song with the most Spotify listens was always Italy's entry. And that did not reflect how well it did in the actual uh, um, Eurovision. And the only conclusion I've come to is just San Remo is just bigger than the Eurovision itself. Way, way, way bigger. Yeah. Like this was very apparent when we went to or went to Italy for Eurovision last year because right. they kind of they, they they kind of didn't treat it as a priority. They kind of organized Eurovision in their spare time yeah. and it was a bit of an organizational disaster. Okay, fair enough. I hadn't heard it. Like their, their focus was very much clearly on San Remo and Eurovision was just considered to be and a lot of Italians as well were saying that they watched the San Remo um, over like one week in February. And it's a long undertaking as well. It's like six hours a night for, for five consecutive nights. Six hours a night. Jesus, fair enough. But um, they don't then watch Eurovision itself. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's quite common there. Like there's your Italians certainly don't really care about Eurovision, certainly not in the way that the Spanish or the Germans or the uh, the Brits do. Yeah, there's um there's a really interesting So with a lot of the big 5 songs this year, I still kind of go to uh they've success they're successfully appealing to what the rest of Europe thinks of these countries musically. Um because I know lots of French people who live here in Berlin and they really complain oh, yeah. when like France sends like chanson. Um, but oh, this the, year they've just, this year they're sending disco Edith Piaf. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> the, the song makes me feel so sexy. It's not horny in the same way. That, no, like, a horny song but it's is. sultry. It's sultry. Yes, that's the word. It's incredibly sultry. Yeah. Like more sultry than you'd expect from someone who's singing with an Oreo on her head. <laughs> oh, wow. I just, oh, I, hey. She looks good. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, but like it, chanson, that kind of and this kind of like disco stuff is definitely like what the rest of Europe thinks of when they think of France musically. Yeah, and Spain obviously sending a modern interpretation of their own traditional dance music. It's got that very kind of salsa. Yes, but that's that's also the other thing that you'd hear from Spain and the the whole legacy of Franco because. As far as Spanish people are concerned, the song that they've sent this year is they sent Andalusia. They sent the like southern state or atomic yeah. of Andalusia. And a lot of Spanish people get very annoyed, and it's a legacy of Franco, that the rest of, in much the same way the rest of the world views Germany as just Bavaria. Yeah. Uh, um, the rest of the world just views Spain as just Andalusia. Oh, yeah. Uh, there were a lot of complaints last year that the, um, the, the Galician Act didn't end up winning. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Whose name I won't attempt to pronounce because I will mangle Galician. Yes. Um, the uh, uh, they all changed their minds when Chanel uh, Channel, sorry, got to yeah. uh, got to Turin and had a really great stage show, and then they all forgot that they were supporting the Galician entry. But actually, yeah, fuck my politics. Let's just fucking win. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it it's is. but the the thing that I keep thinking about with this year's entry from the UK is that like oh, the UK has actually finally figured out what the rest of Europe thinks of them musically, which is 
oh yeah, we're sending like we're sending the kind of things that appear in the UK charts because as I've been saying to people for a long time, it's not that people in Europe hate the UK. Mm. It's actually completely the opposite. People in Europe love British music. But when they're listening, you know, to a lot of uh, they're listening to a lot of Ed Sheeran, uh, Adele, Churches, Coldplay, mm. and then you know we send Electro Velvet or Engelbert Humperdinck. I then think... it's very very obvious that the UK just doesn't care and isn't trying. Mm. I um I often feel like the UK is confused, like in broadly speaking, is confused about how to depict itself internationally because. I want to say that the stereotype of what the UK is is different whether you ask an American or whether you ask a continental European. Oh, yeah. Because I think the American would expect something like the electro swing or whatever. It was like, it's all the dandy gentlemen. It's Sherlock Holmes. It's the it's the, the red buses yeah. and, and stuff. And then like you ask Europeans and they describe like the musical vibe that the, the chain store boots gives off uh, um, or like like love island basically like i i think is yeah 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 exactly and yeah yeah, we just haven't been tapping into that although i will also say Hmm. that we have not said a scottish entrant in something (laughs) like 20 years the last time a scot entered your entered a eurovision contest was in the french national final three years ago What as the French as the French? He entry? tried entering the French national final because there was no chance he was going to represent the UK. Fuck me! It's just constantly we just keep sending English people. I also loved how much you tapped your R for that whole uh, <laughs> speech there. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. That's um, actually because you, you have a deeper history of this, and this is something I've also kind of my bugbear. Has Ireland ever sent an entry that was? Osquelga, like in Irish. Yes, once. Okay, once. Just the once. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember exactly what year, though. Mm. Um, it was sometime around. It wasn't too far off Dana's win in 1970. Oh, right. That, so, that... But it was like, it's going that far back. But right. like even when there was the language rule at Eurovision, which is where you were forced to sing in one of your country's national languages... Mm-hmm. The fact that everyone understood English meant that if you were England, <laughs> I, if, sorry, if you were the UK, Ireland, or Malta, you mm. could you would just basically send English every year because why wouldn't you? Absolutely, you get yeah. like a massive boon. And a lot of why the UK and Ireland ke- did keep doing so well is because they just kept sending songs that people could understand. Yeah, and that's not a truth that people necessarily want to admit to. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm the first to admit that we were definitely beneficiaries of the language rule, uh, um, like where our streak of wins comes from. And uh, unfortunately, now we um, we have a very condescending view, I think, to Eurovision and what Eurovision music. Yeah, is. RTE need to have need to do what the BBC did last year. Basically, they need to have a complete rethink of how to approach it because right. they're still stuck in the idea of Eurovision as being what it was in like the 80s yeah yeah. like just very very like like very cheesy like there being like such a thing as a eurovision genre like rather than sending like a good piece of music you send a piece of music written specifically for eurovision and that's always a mistake because you're always just going to come across as incredibly bland to people it's better to send something like incredibly divisive than to be bland yes Okay. And, you know, yeah. if in doubt, just send a dance song about Edgar Allan Poe, like the Austrians. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, 
I fucking love that song. <laughs> it's probably my favorite single entry this year. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, for me, I'm still kind of undecided on what my personal favorite is. It's it's between it's between them and Cha 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 and Finland. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's either the Cha 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 or, or or the Po Po Po. Yes, because <laughs> it's like it's the Chapo. That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> The um no, as soon as soon as I got to like first listen the bridge of like zero dot zero three, and I was like zero dot zero zero three. Yes, it's another example. It's another example of like concealing a political message in a fun song. Because the rest of it's all the rest of it's all po 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 and then you realise, oh actually like it's a song written about how even if you like bring Edgar Allan Poe back, you're still going to make nothing off Spotify because Spotify takes all the royalties money. That this band is going to start their own new chapter of the RAF and kidnap the CEO of Spotify. <laughs> it's actually not the first time Austria have sent a song criticizing the music industry. They sent uh, a bizarre song in, I think, 1978. Oh, shit. By a band called Schmetterling. Oh, and and the, uh, the song was called Boom Boom Boomerang. Oh, okay. And the chorus went, boom, boom, boomerang, schmattery dan, didgeridoo, uh, was it kangaroo, didgeridoo, boogaloo, <laughs> ding dong, sing this song. This is and it's <laughs> And like the chorus, the verses were all about how the, the music industry just takes all the money it can from joy. And it's more hippie than anything else, but it was still mm. like a bizarre, yeah. bizarre protest song. So then, an annoyingly catchy chorus. Just to warn you, if you do decide to go and look it up, yeah, I will definitely. Uh, um, yeah, the 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 punk kind of like teenager who listened to punk music is just always any song that criticizes the music industry is just catnip for me. Yeah. Um, so I guess then the question I have for you is, what are your what are your what are you, who are your guys? What are your personal five or like three this year? Because we we talked a bit about like. We got into a little bit of that, but we talked mostly about like predictions. I'm kind of curious. Uh, um, my personal, my personal mm. phase. Well, Finland has to be straight up there. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, cat is an incredible like merge of metal music and dance music. Yes. And it's 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 really difficult to describe to other people, which is usually a good uh, a mark of a really good song. And Carrier is just absolutely infectious personality on stage even if he looks like a pokemon gym leader (laughs) and then you have like the austrians with their incredibly good and they can perform it live which i was really worried about Ooh, i haven't seen it live yet at all yeah but fair um and they're really hot when they put on the suits that too so yeah the austrian song is really good um and what else i do like the australian song the Australian Ooh. song didn't really win me over at first, mm. but it's got the incredible like stadium rock kind of song and they're closing semi two. And I imagine they're going to be hallmark to open the grand final if they qualify. Yeah, that was the, um, that was the other metalish song I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah so they have the one bit where they do the big growling, even if it comes out of nowhere, they try and do every single rock genre in about three minutes. Well, it's cause it's a progressive rock band and it has the, the, the stereotype of progressive rock or progressive metal band, which is they've been going for the better part of a decade. They've cycled through a million members. Their bassist is just like a very old person wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. And it's just like, this is just what I do on the weekends. Have they made a big deal over the fact the main singer is German? I don't think so. I haven't seen anything. I like, was born in Germany, like moved to Australia. Oh, this is the first time I'm hearing like of this. several decades ago. If it's, it's, 
I have not heard that at all. I, I haven't heard like Germans talking about it either. So interesting. Like It'll speaks def- speaks German with like a proper German accent. Interesting. This will definitely be something that the the one of the commentators will pull out of their back pocket on the night. Oh, uh, like, still Peter Urban. I don't know who it is. I I'm I'm okay. I'm one of my most controversial opinions in general Eurovision is I'm not a big fan. I always go for the YouTube uh, uh, commentatorless stream. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Uh, um, I know a lot of people I would watch it with really liked Graham Norton and I was just like he just makes the jokes the room made a couple of seconds later um, so yeah. yeah yeah and he always like he always has a weird idea of which songs are going to do well so he'll pick like Azerbaijan or something and goes oh this one's been tipped by the this one's been hotly tipped behind the scenes oh interesting like, no no it hasn't <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that from Graham oh uh, the uh, uh, the government of Azerbaijan <laughs> Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. Like that is why we don't have juries with this year's semi-finals. By the way, because of last Azerbaijan year, were bri- Azerbaijan yes. just keep bribing them. <laughs> it's yeah. literally down to Azerbaijan. We were we were popping off in the room when like they were so high up on the board just after the juries came in, and they got like three public votes. And we were like, yes, yep, yeah, uh, standard standard Azerbaijan things. Any other kind of a. a um, weirder personal faves because for for me uh, uh um my the one that i really like that i know is going to completely eat shit is um aya by um lithuania or latvia I'm, I'm struggling to remember now uh, oh yes yes sudden light yeah sudden light, yeah, yeah. Um, oh that's got a good vibe to it it's so it's so pretty i love it it's i do so, catch myself singing it to myself yeah and it's yeah it's shit. very <laughs> Oh, absolutely! Yeah, Latvia don't know how to do Eurovision. Bless them. Yeah, but, but do you have any a uh, uh, weirder? Uh, Norway, thing? Norway could be oh, quite good. Okay. Yeah, her yeah. name is she, Queen of the Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, the Czech Republic, if they mm. learn how to perform that live, would be good. The live's been a bit underwhelming, but otherwise, it's very, it's very hypnotic. The music video is uh, what I've routinely described as some Kingdom Hearts shit. I, oh yeah yeah i want to yeah. fight those purple guys <laughs> i want to swing my keyblade at them kind of thing yeah yeah it's this very jrpg aesthetics like absolutely. fight the final boss i re- like um, if they can bring any of that energy of the the uh, of the music video onto the stage i think they'll do quite well yeah and like i have to give a shout out to ukraine as well like Torchy have sent like a really good r&b song yeah, yeah. And is... it's not often you get R&B songs at, at Eurovision. Plus, mm. Torchy was won the Ukrainian televote by a long shot, despite the fact he is a Nigerian immigrant to uh, Ukraine yeah, and yeah. black, which is a big deal for Ukraine. Because that's a... Um, R&B, you're right, is extremely rare in, in, in Eurovision. I don't, I'm struggling to remember anything that came close to it, I guess. Macedonia did something that kind of reminded me of like nineties uh, UK garage one year, like uh, yeah, uh, Montenegro did send dubstep one year before dubstep became popular and it did terribly. The Igranka, yeah, Igranka, yeah, absolutely. That was that was in my Spotify rotation for a bit after that uh, after that show. Um, but I think R and B is going to get more popular, particularly because it's gradually moving eastwards across Europe. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for like. There to be there being a somewhat successful rap, um, like 
I'm very skeptical that rap is a genre that can suit. We've got some rap in Armenia's song this year. We do. We have a little bit of I'm MC Armenia and I'm here to say uh, going on. Uh, when the rest of the song is her mumbling, literal, literal inspirational quotes sourced from Tumblr. That's literally <laughs> where they're from. They even got them wrong. Hell yes. Like well, no. the quote they read for is drink smoothies in neat cafes. And they misread the text in like the inspirational purpose they were lifting the lyrics from. So it instead says uh, drink smoothies in near cafes. God bless them over there. God so, bless you know, Armenia, Armenia <laughs> says support your local cafe, support your local yeah. industry. Eat out to help out. <laughs> 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 they're, they're a couple of years behind over there, I guess. No, it's, uh, um, yeah, the that that verse is like Iru from uh, 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 Georgia is like chat GPT but- lyrics. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, is that even in, in, in that is in English. Yeah. I just keep forgetting it's in English. <laughs> yeah, because it is definitely just like just don't don't pay attention to the words just love the melody <laughs> just enjoy oh, it. classic classic eurovision yeah absolutely um oh actually sorry I, I i spoke i spoke dirty about rap but i i guess technically last year a rap song won yeah oh yeah of course yeah. yes yeah so, yeah so i was just Kalish. Like, yeah Kalish Kalish orchestra. Orchestra. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the technically the first r&b winner yes uh, um, i mean it's not it's not necessarily a political winner, like people have said. It's more or less sort of show of solidarity. Yeah. And I mean, it would still have finished top 10, definitely. Okay. It was a good time. Uh, and Ukraine staged their entries really well. And mm. the honest truth is that there's very rare ever an obvious winner at Eurovision. There's a bunch of good songs, and one of the good songs will win. And usually yep. you're like, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I felt like those comments were a little bit unfair because like, Ukraine is usually a very, very solid entry every year. Like the year previously, like Goa was like top five or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like everyone remembered Goa as well. Like people forgot Monoskin's entry, but Mm. people remembered Goa's. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the things that lasted. Yeah. The, uh, um, and then the, the other little fact that I pulled out of my back pocket regarding like last year was the act that Ukraine was going to send because Kalush Orchestra was their like second. Oh yeah, season. yeah. She was not set to do well at all. Uh, um, if my understanding, or like not like win well, like. Oh yeah, it was a really, it was a really pro- like nationalisty song as well, like yeah. full on like map of Ukraine in the background of her song. And uh, um, yeah, and then ironically, she was taken down by like a weird <laughs> pressure campaign by Ukrainian right wing trolls. Is my understanding of it of like yeah there's 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 been a lot of that like yeah. ukraine could easily have won a couple of years ago with a siren song maruv mm, right. but that was forced to withdraw okay. um when was that 2019 maybe yeah yeah, yeah which is a uh, um it's a very yeah it's a it's an interesting landscape to play and obviously i think the the i i do wonder what the bookies are thinking at the moment because Ukraine is third favorite and I think they're thinking that there's going to be another show of solidarity this year. Uh, I think I'm not sure if they're thinking that or they're just getting a lot of bets of people who do think that and that's yeah, what the odds yeah. reflect. Yeah, uh, that's that's I guess that's who I'm describing the they to, <laughs> the people who are making the bets. I mean, I can't see Torchy doing particularly well unfortunately because as much as we all pretend it's not a thing a lot of Europe is pretty racist and will not vote for a black artist. 
last year i or no not last year the year before you base it basically seemed like you got punished for having a black person on absolutely stage. yeah like all yeah. the black artists finished towards the, the bottom netherlands like we did yeah we did not like that song in the room but it like came like fifth last or something i was like that's that's not Sing, yeah singing a song in strand and togo like yeah national language of suriname and and malta as well like destiny who was like su- like whispered to possibly win ended up doing way way worse than anyone thought yeah like, big yeah. black woman i uh, um i somewhat predicted that um but not for racism reasons um the the but sorry the thing like the reason i forgot that like Kalush orchestra was technically a rap song last year was as soon as i hear rap eurovision anymore the thing that just like like my eyes go white like i'm becoming a warg and the first thing i remember is san marino's flow rider verse <laughs> oh my goodness yeah which is and they did really badly as well they like, shockingly badly given they got flow rider in yes yeah that was like san marino's num- top performance is still Sirhat, like everyone's favorite turkish dentist game show host the Shit, same really? anana in 2009 uh, 2019 yeah yeah fuck me That's <laughs> i have his phone number hell yeah because because in 2016 he entered with a he entered with a really slow ballad that he was trying to do a leonard cohen style song oh. but it didn't work at all and people yeah. started describing it as the worst eurovision entry ever which it wasn't good but it certainly wasn't that bad and he took it personally and started feeling sad no. But like he recorded like a really campy disco version of the song on the single. And yes. I started a campaign to get San Marino to switch to the disco version because the disco version was incredibly camp. And it was a kind of so bad it's good kind of song rather than just being bad. And it was a lot of fun. And yeah. like he did get my mail and was like, ah, I do have fans out there who love me and decided not to withdraw and instead did switch to the disco version. And then when I met him a few years later, he like gave me a hug and thanked him for like stopping him from leaving Eurovision. Oh, and then yeah. he went and then he went and got San Marino's best ever result. So as far as I'm concerned, I deserve you know the national citizenship of San Marino. Yeah, give me so I can do all my money crimes in Italy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a nicer climate than here as well. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you just need to move some money around. It's fine. <laughs> the yeah, no, that's I distinctly remember this as well because this is uh whenever i explain eurovision to people of like you know you have to submit your song but you can submit you basically submit it as like lyrics and sheet music as i understand it so reworks are possible and that's the example i always give of like how this kind of like ballad switched to a disco version but it was technically allowed because same lyrics same notation they just changed like what instruments and tempo they played it at yeah, you can change to a certain to a certain extent. Although they did do the shift on the very last day, like just before they had a delegation meeting where you have to submit the songs. Yeah, yeah okay. Which is why, which is why every year people who don't know Eurovision will start complaining. Oh, we should change the entry in April or something, not realizing that it's no. far, far too late to do it at that point. No, Eurovision season begins at like Christmas. You, you've you've all been asleep. <laughs> Uh, the one I used to be able to do was uh, um, when Georgia held national selections, the time difference versus Georgia, the UK was so good that you could start playing it like with beers the last hour at work. You just get take over the TV at work. And it's like we're watching the Georgia national final. And it's a lot of like, 
I don't understand what they're saying, but goddamn, is their alphabet cool? Oh, uh, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as cool as Armenia's, but oh, interesting. <laughs> I, I spent a month in Armenia, so oh, uh, that's fair. Um, that was. I'm actually- hoping, looking forward to Armenia winning. We can all go to Yerevan. It's lovely this time of year. That is, yes, yeah, I would like that too. The uh, um, that was one of the when I did my first pass of all the entries this year. That was the first note I took of Armenia. Is like. Because I have the subtitles on, so I can just like when I want to check in on the lyrics, and then it switches to Armenian. Like the only note I wrote down was like, "Yeah, the Armenian alphabet looks pretty cool." <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> just surprises you with it. It's like, "Oh yeah, hey." Um, all right. Well, thank you very much for all of this. Is there is there anything that you uh, um, want to impart uh, uh, with our listeners on like Eurovision wisdom? What is your uh, uh, what's what's the important insight you have on this year, past Eurovisions, Eurovision in general? I'd love to. I think I think it's that Eurovision is often overlooked as something that brings together so many different disciplines because where else where else can your knowledge of geopolitics in the South Caucasus be just as valid as your understanding of you know various genres of doom metal? Yes. <laughs> or like or like how to stage or like TikTok demographics. It just brings together so many different things. And therefore, for people who are just obsessed with all kinds of different topics, it really it really ensures that no matter yeah, no matter what you're interested in, there's usually a Eurovision entry or at least some aspect of the contest that will appeal to you. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that people don't really think that far because people are too used to the old Terry Rogan rant of, oh, it's all it's all rigged. It's it's all nonsense. It's the idea that if like uh, Latvia send a joke entry or like a fun novelty song, that means that Latvians can't do music rather than, hey, Latvians send joke entries too. I mean, if the UK sent the Wurzels, it wouldn't mean that the rest of Europe thinks that, that the UK is only capable of sending, you know, farmers <laughs> singing about combine harvesters. It's what? so yeah. There's a, there's a lot to celebrate about it, and ultimately, it's almost like a vision of a better world in the sense of for that night, borders only matter in the sense of what team you're on, and that's all. Like it doesn't matter whether you're a queer couple in Aberdeen or you're a large extended family getting together in Tirana, Albania, or you know whether you're you're you just started a young family in Sweden or you're a college student in in Yerevan. Like, all of Europe just comes together and enjoys the same show and talks about the same show together. And there's not really anything else like that. And I do think, like, we should defend Eurovision more than we're doing. Because, hey, it gives us a lot of fun. And let's face it, we need things that are fun and positive and full of light and laughter in this world. Hell yeah. That's great. Plus, you know, what else gives us that many memes? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we rely on Moldova's entry to just keep making memes because they made the they made Epic Sax Guy and they've been just like, we need more memes. <laughs> we need to keep doing this. All right, thank you very much. Uh, is there anything uh, that you want to plug before we go? Obviously, links to everything that Elaine has done uh, uh, in the show description. But anything you want to shout out right now? Uh, I'm not currently working on anything, but I, I say you can follow me on Twitter for as long as Twitter continues lasting, <laughs> which at the current rate might, you know, not even last until this podcast is out. But I'm at Scattermoon on Twitter and I have a specific Eurovision account as well for all you Euroheads out there at Elenovision. 
shit, I did not know this. I will be adding. <laughs> that was that was that was a plug just for me, I think. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And we will catch you next time. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Bye bye.